Fellow. This is the Fight Back Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Berry. Here you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to find out. Welcome to the Fight Back Podcast, everyone. Today I am here with Kylie Hunson-Winter, a lifelong martial artist with experience in many different types of martial arts. Kylie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, Yeah, I've been following your account for a while and it's it really makes me feel so happy to know how huge your Instagram account is. Like there's that many people who are interested in women in martial arts and are really, you know, if we think historically, women just haven't even been allowed in martial arts for, for all that long. So let's start with you and then we'll get to that. Can you talk everyone through your experiences with the various martial arts that you've been involved with? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've done martial arts my entire life. I'm currently 18. I started training in Kempo Karate when I was three years old. I have my black belt in Kempo. Um, I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, Muay Thai, wrestling, MMA, and a little bit of go to shory weapons as well. Um, so yeah, I've been in the martial arts around my entire life. Like I've got national world championships and um, yeah. So like you said, with my page, I, I started my page Bray Woman in uh, 2015 to share the stories of girls who do martial arts from all around the world, because growing up, especially at such a young age, I saw, I didn't see a lot of female role models um, around there, like in the martial arts community. So I wanted to be a, find a way to bring people together. What have been the kind of responses that you've got from people? Like what are the comments you usually like? What are, what do people like send to you and things like that? It's really amazing. Like the types of stories I've been able to hear at one point I did a small project that I wasn't able to, fully finished just because like life kind of got in the way but like I did this project that I called um brave woman around the world where I was attempting to get or to find somebody a woman a woman in martial arts from like as many countries around the world as I could and I think I got at least over 100 countries and or, and or states represented and um it was really amazing to hear the different stories like I remember specifically so many people have told me that like their page was such an inspiration like I've had people that I've been able to support from when their Instagram accounts were like really small and that I have shared their content and now they have more followers than I do. Or like I have some people who have followed me who are now in the UFC. Um, it's amazing the type of traction that my page gets just because so many people um, only share their own stories, which are important. But I and I do share my story as well, but it's really important to amplify the voices of people that aren't heard, I think. A hundred percent, especially for women in martial arts, because it's, we are just like so new into this space. Definitely. Yeah. It's interesting being a girl in martial arts. I'm since I'm only 18, right around when I started training, I think is when it started to grow and get become more traction. Like one interesting thing is being in karate. I remember when I was like five years old, I wanted a pink gi, but they didn't sell them. Like that did not exist. And my dad would buy a white gi for me and literally like bought dye and dyed a pink just so I could have a pink gi when I was a little kid. And like, obviously now there's like tons of women's fake gis and women's made gis. But at the time, so meant it was such a small fraction of the sport that they didn't even have apparel for women, especially for young girls. And it was 
it was it's something that I've pretty much grown up with, not just martial arts, but also seeing this community grow, which is amazing. Absolutely. What what keeps you in martial arts? Like, obviously, you started when you were super young, so you probably can't even remember why. Uh, maybe you can, but what's especially what's kept you in martial arts? Yeah, like, yeah. I started when I was three. My dad initially just wanted me to be able to defend myself. Um, obviously, like, yeah, it wasn't like my choice at first, but I. Um, I don't think anyone expected it to be something that I would stick with. Like I even remember my, my dad's told me that my grandpa was like, oh, she'll grow out of it. You know, like she's not going to stay in it. And my very first teacher who was actually a woman and she's one of my biggest supporters today, but she was like, this little girl's not going to stay, especially not just because I was a girl, but because I was such a young girl, they're like, she's, she'll never, she'll never make it. And here I am like 15 like years later, still training. But honestly, it's like, it was always something new. And I think that's also why I've done so many different styles of martial arts is because with Kempo Karate, like after a while, it was like, I need something new. And then they started doing jujitsu at my gym. And that's why I love jujitsu so much is because at one, at some point, like karate style martial arts that are like on a chart basis, you you kind of hit a, like a wall. You're like, okay, you learned all the techniques. Now you're done. And so that's why I focus primarily on jujitsu right now, because jujitsu is something that is always evolving. And like, even when you get your black belt, you still are always learning. And I really love that part of it. Yeah, that resonates so much with me. My background's in Kyokushin karate. And I did similar, like I got to my black belt and I was like, okay, like what, what's next kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the new, I think the natural progression is like to go Muay Thai and then to be like, okay, let's start doing some chess, right? Let's, let's start doing some jujitsu. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt. (laughs) What has been the impact of growing up through training on your mental health? I think it's definitely made me a lot stronger person than I would have been otherwise. Cause another huge part of my identity in addition to martial arts is being native American. And my dad always raised me with my culture. And I think that was one aspect of it. Um, Cause like my native American name, which most people probably don't know this is, um, is brave woman. When I was a baby, the medicine man named me after my third great grandmother, who was a woman warrior. And um so that one on that on that end that resonates with me. But growing up in martial arts, it really shaped who I am. Like I stand up for myself in more ways than just being able to punch someone. And anyone who's trained, especially like in karate styles, knows like it your your number one goal is to not fight. Your number one goal is to get out of the situation and regulate the situation. Like when I'm with my non-martial artist friends jokingly, they'll be like, if a bad guy comes, Kylie's going to protect us and keep us safe. You know, I'm sure all you, you've heard that so many times and I'm just like, well, no, not really. Like I, if I have to, I will, but it's, and I think I apply that to a lot of parts of life. Like I've I've had a lot of people tell me that I'm a really good mediator and um, like good at analyzing situations. And it's because it created a self uh, self self-awareness, I think. And that's really important that some people don't realize some of the dangers of the world, but also when they are there, how to avoid them in a strategic way, not only just punching someone in the face and fighting them, you know? <laughs> yes, 100%. It's almost like having the experience with sparring and competing and things like that makes you aware of like what that situation would be like. So you don't have the fear of the unknown. So you hold yourself in a way that's like, okay, I'm, there's no fear or there's not no fear, but it's a different kind of awareness. Like you said, 
but your goal is not then still to to do that thing, like to punch someone in the face and to use that. But having that knowledge that that's a part of you means that you conduct yourself differently. I think that's what I try and tell people is like that's a lot of of what the self-defense part of it is. Like Aaron Hurley and I, who's a jiu-jitsu black belt, were speaking about this a couple of episodes ago. Like it's not necessarily that like I would do anything. It's more like I know what those things are like and I can like stay calm enough to have a conversation with someone to diffuse a situation, like mediate, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also like one really important aspect of self-defense that even a lot of martial artists don't talk about is just the mentality of keeping yourself safe. Like when you're at a bus stop and there's a stranger there that you be aware of your surroundings and understand what's happening. Like I've had certain situations where I recognize that I'm not sure that I was in danger, but it seems like there was definitely potential for it. Like I, I had these people come up to me and start asking me questions about my name and my age and where I'm from. And then another person came up to me and tried to get me to go to Goodwill with him because it was raining and there was a homeless lady. And I was like, what is happening? And it totally felt like a setup. Mm -hmm. And I think they were attempting to prey on me because I was a young girl and that And I honestly, only because of martial arts, was I able to identify what was happening and understanding the situation. And I called my friends and got them to leave me alone simply through social ways, not just by fighting them off. And I think that's something that a lot of people lack, not like maybe not lack, but lack talking about. Yeah, lack talking of and lack the capacity to be able to do Um, like we think about the polyvagal theory, which if anyone listening hasn't heard of that, this lines up really well with your story, actually, if you're into the science behind it, um, which you might be, that your brain has three different systems that it will use to diffuse situations. The first line of defense is the social engagement system, which is like what you used in that situation where you use rationale and talking to people and, you know, diffusing the situation with words or actions that aren't fighting or running away which are the next steps, which is that you'll then try fight or flight, which is you'll assess whether you can fight in the situation and you'll assess if you can run away. And if your brain thinks that those aren't viable options, then you'll freeze. And what most people don't realize is that you need to train your ability to stay calm under pressure to have a chance of being able to use the social engagement system. Otherwise, your brain goes straight into fight or flight or straight into freeze mode, straight into freak out. Um, because that's totally unknown territory and your brain wants to do the thing that it thinks is going to be most safe. So that's really cool. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean, actually. I like the, in the example I gave, I was aware of the situation and I was paying attention, but I have, I've, I've, now that you say that I've had experiences where I had no idea like what was going on and I totally froze. Like what had happened was my family was gone and I was home alone and I have a big sliding glass door and towards my backyard. And there was a man standing in my backyard, watching me in my living room. And I, like, I just, I, the only reason I noticed him is because his phone was on his phone light and I saw the phone light flash. And then I turned my head and I just like freeze and freak out and like, didn't even know what to do. I didn't know what, like I happened to be on the phone with my friends while that was happening. And so they were like, call the cops. And I don't even know if I would have processed what to do if they wouldn't have told me to call the police, because just because I am someone who is experienced, doesn't like everyone has something that's shocking to them and like crazy to them. So I think it's, it's really important to have that strong mentality, but also to understand 
how to recuperate yourself after a sense of shock, like with something like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what one of the ways that martial arts is, is really healing for a lot of people because it gives them a way to reactivate their body after a shock, right? You would like go to class and you have some of this like stored tension energy where your body's like, how come you didn't fight that person or how come you didn't run away? And, and it's not thinking like that coherently in, in terms of thoughts, right? The situation might not have even been something that you could fight against. It might've been like a car accident or something, but there's still this like energy stored up in your body that's wanting to be released. And martial arts is such a good way to release that because it's not just high impact, high energy, but it also really tells your nervous system, like I'm releasing this in a fighting kind of a manner, which is super primal. Yeah, exactly. So you've heard so many stories on your pod, uh, not your podcast, your Instagram account from the impact that martial arts has had on different people. Why do you think that so many people would write in saying, or I'm assuming, but people who have written in saying things like, you know, BJJ saved my life or Kempo saved my life or Muay Thai or whatever it might be? I think martial arts is one of those things that regardless of the way that it impacts you, it fundamentally changes people's lives. Like, a pers- some people that I've personally known, and I'm sure this is applies a lot in most, I guess in a lot of fields, but especially in martial arts, is somebody had once told me that they had to cut off their friends who weren't martial artists just so they could take it tri- like uh, um take it seriously. Because for that, at least for that specific person, their friends were constantly asking them to go out partying and go drinking and go have fun. And they fell off from training and they weren't training anymore. And I think it's one of those martial arts is one of those things that when someone joins it, it is not just about learning how to fight. It's a fundamental change in the way that your mind works. And it's really, really like life changing for someone who hasn't experienced it. Like someone growing up from a very young age in martial arts, someone like me, it's natural to you. But most people like don't view the world in that way, I think. Like even me, like I said, as I started in karate and I transitioned to jujitsu, the mindset that it takes in those two martial arts, like people will be like, oh, well, they're both fighting. It's like they're both fighting in the sense, but at the same time, the environment and the mindset that you have in them are like completely opposite. Like karate in the sense of like the way that I practice it, I, it was often like performative. I would do a lot of katas and forms in competition, mm-hmm. um, whereas jujitsu is like, as people say, it's like chess, you know? you're always analyzing the situation. But I think when it comes to how people say like, do you save my life is it's a constructive way that people can spend their time. It's not only beneficial in the sense of self-defense, but it's a fun way that creates a sense of community. It gives people also a sense of self-worth and accomplishment, as well as a sense of security, not only in being able to fight, but also being able to stand up for yourself physically, emotionally, socially, in so many different ways. Yes, I love that answer. And it is like so, so varied and so different for, for different people. And I think that like, that's the cool thing about it. All of the different arts are different and the way that they interact with different people's personalities are going to be different and their life experiences up until that point are also going to be different. Um, but then you see just like so many positive impacts of it and it's not for everyone but then like those people just quit and like go go do a different sport and like that's cool too you know <laughs> like not everyone has to do martial arts yeah like for someone like me who's done it their whole life martial arts is like home like in the past especially like with covid mm. um if i found myself 
not at the dojo as much. I was like, you know, quarantined and all that stuff. And I remember one specific day when I finally got to go back to jiu-jitsu class and I almost forgot what it was like. It was like I was finally back home. I felt like I had almost lost myself because I wasn't training anymore, but I didn't know it until I was back in class. Like I I had like high school drama going on, you know, like Mm -hmm. typical teenager stuff last year. And I remember specifically one time in class, I was right after class. I was like, none of that crossed my mind for even a second because I was just so focused and having the best time that I forgot all of my stress. And I think it's a big reliever for a lot of people, like when it comes to school and work and the same thing right now, like I said, I'm a freshman at Harvard and Harvard is obviously a lot of work and a lot of time, but they have a jujitsu club here. And it's one of the ways that I've been able to make some friends and been able to stay connected to a sense of home. That's another really important aspect is like with something like jujitsu, especially that is so universal around the world you can always find a home and find people that you can relate to. Like I trained when I was in uh, Hong Kong and it was the same exact environment and it was so amazing. And I think that's one thing I love is do martial arts is so universally connecting, I think. Yes. I love that too. Like you can travel and the purpose of your travel is to see a new place, but you also have training as like a big part of the reason why you travel. And then you meet people who are local and you have this like instant community, even if you don't speak the same language, it's like, well, we don't need to talk while we're, while we're rolling or while we're sparring or anything like that. Like we're all speaking the same body language. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. I actually visited a Wing Chun, visited a Wing Chun place when I was in China and because I spent a couple of weeks in China in 2018 for an exchange program and I was staying with the family there and they didn't know that I had any martial arts experience because I didn't speak the language and I didn't bother because there was like a news station actually that was like uh, doing an uh, interview with us and they want, they were like Americans are in China in Taiping and <laughs> here they are, you know, and they were like, we'll teach you Wing Chun and little did they know that I knew martial arts and then they were like watching me and they're like, wait, she knows how to kick correctly and punch correctly. They were like, what's happening? And then the coach was like, come here, come here. And he like had me like punching bags and then we sparred. And then he found someone who could translate. And he was like, I wanted to tell you that you're so good because <laughs> they were so shocked because they had no idea. And it was like a really amazing experience. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. What do you think about, or what advice would you have for young young adults you know young people starting out as kids or um, people with kids especially with daughters who are interested in training karate Um, because I'm sure you I'm sure you would have got a lot of the similar things about people being like oh she's so young like when we need to protect her brain and protect her from like fighting and things like that which of course they really double down on with the fact that you're a woman not like a a young man what advice would you have for for mothers and also for kids like going through that and kind of navigating those waters of society not necessarily looking upon that as a always positive thing Yeah, I think definitely safety, honestly, being in martial arts, safety was more of a priority than without it. Like when I like thinking about back when I was in elementary school, the kids who didn't know how to fight, didn't know how to defend themselves were actually more likely to end up in fights. I didn't get in any physical altercations throughout my entire elementary school career simply because of the mindset that was given to me 
in my dojo. Now, in a sense of safety, obviously it matters where you train and, you know, not every gym is amazing. So be aware of where you're going and being aware of where you're taking your children or where you're learning to train. Um, obviously put it in your safety first, but in a sense of why it's important is it is fundamentally so important that people are able to defend themselves. Like I said, mentally, physically, and in so many different ways, when it comes to young kids, I think that without it, they'll be much more lost because they will eventually find themselves in the situation where they have to defend themselves in one way or another, no matter what it is. And people who aren't taught that, especially if, you know, at home, it's just not, um, like if, if the home environment is not as welcoming as maybe some other places are, martial arts is definitely a place where somebody can feel at home and create a sense of community. And I think a lot of people find that in a lot of sports, you know, something that people can come back to and always have a home at is martial arts is an amazing way to do that because, because of it's also like so beneficial, even just in itself and on top of that. Yeah, I often try and explain that or it's fun to tease that out because it's like you can think about, you know, the fact that it's exercise so the exercise benefit and you get community, community benefit in, like you said, most sports in the world, if they're, you know, team sports or you practice with another person, right? I mean, martial arts aren't team sports, but they're very community centric because you have this level of trust. You know, you can't really do it on your own unless you're doing karate and you're training kata purely but you know what as soon as you get into applying the things that you're learning in a sparring sense or in a rolling sense in some way you need to have training partners so there's like a you know a team sense in in that kind of a sense and I often think about like what is it about martial arts that makes it so different to traditional sports and I think like you nailed it it's like the fact that it has real live application like it it's not just that, you know, that like if somebody kicks a ball at me, I'm going to be able to like kick it back to them. That's a cool thing to like practice and like your um, your brain's going to be differently shaped and like that's possibly going to be good into your old age for coordination and things like that. But it's not like a life-saving skill. It's not like uh, building up your ability to, you know, defend yourself in all of those different ways we already spoke about. Yeah, definitely. It reminds me of like something that I was talking to somebody about recently is in jujitsu um there was one specific student that in the class um who was a great guy he was very nice and I think we see this a lot especially mostly with men but also like anyone is that some people in your gym you'll find that roll a little bit too hard they'll say hey we should go light and then they don't go light and you're like what are you doing that's not what you said and I one specific moment, he like almost tried to footlock me, but he didn't know how to do a footlock. And I was like, what are you doing? Footlocks are so dangerous and so important. And I went on about this whole thing about the respect of specifically footlocks in jujitsu. If you're aware, like you don't do footlocks unless the other person said you can do footlocks because of how much you can get injured from them, as long as you both know how to do them. And it's interesting, this, that dynamic of trust, like you said, I think is where it applies is he came to this kind of like self-realization that he used to just fight to win. But then he realized he's like, I can't be at the, when we're rolling in class, I'm not just trying to win. I'm trying to learn. And I think that's the big difference that a lot of people come to learn in martial arts. Like when people first start training, they're like, I'm going to be number one and I'm going to 
fight everybody and beat all of them up. And it's like, well, no, you're going to fight them and you could win, but it's more important that you're learning from your experiences and developing. And I think that mindset is super important, not just in martial arts, but kind of in life in general. That's something like you said, um, it can apply in other sports, but I think it does apply more in martial arts, that sense of self growth and humility as well. Yeah, the humility part is huge, right? It's not just that like you're trying to learn, not necessarily trying to win. And then you also realize that like sometimes the harder you try and win, like the more brute force you're putting into things, the the worse that it is for you. Like most people have probably gone into a sparring situation where you've been really angry or if you've gone into the ring angry and just realize how easy it is for your opponent to stay calm and set you up, whether it's by angling off in striking or, you know, by setting up some sort of a trap in jujitsu, you know, it's there are more things to think about than trying 110% with all full force all the time. Oh yeah. We've all been there in that moment where you just get so frustrated and you're like, ah, what's happening. But having that ability to recuperate yourself and learn from the experience is something that I think all all martial arts, martial artists have dealt with some people, maybe more than others, but even someone like myself, every once in a while, I'll get frustrated still. And that still happens, but it depends. What's more important is the way that you react to it. And you recognize it, I believe, because obviously everyone's going to get frustrated and everyone's going to have a struggling time. Like, I remember um, I took a little bit of break from training, like right before I came to college, just because I had so much going on. And right when I came back to the jujitsu club, I was like, ah, I'm bad at jujitsu. What's happening? (laughs) Like, you know, and (laughs) I got a little bit frustrated, but I was like, no, it's okay. Like I'll just keep training consistently and I'll get back to where I was. Like, it's totally fine. And that kind of mindset doesn't always click with people at first, but it's something that is really good learned skill to be able to recuperate from like from that kind of state of mind absolutely yeah knowing that like training's not all about winning in roles and who wins in roles like who wins in sparring I mean yeah like yeah. even if you want it's not really winning if you're not learning <laughs> exactly yeah there's no referee there scoring in any way mm-hmm. One thing that you you mentioned just before about being able to stop like mid-roll or like in a class situation and say to someone like, hey, it's not okay for you to be doing footlocks or, you know, a similar thing is the conversation that everybody, but especially women will often need to have, which is like, hey, you're going too hard with me. Like, let's go a little bit lighter or, you know, like having those conversations, which for a lot of people are quite difficult. Like that's probably the most common thing that I get from women is being like, how do I have that conversation? Being like, you're going too hard, especially when someone's like a higher grade than me, or like, I don't feel comfortable having that conversation. What advice do you give people or women who are like, I don't know how to speak up for myself with the intensity? Yeah, I've actually personally struggled with that. That same person that I was talking about who would say, like, let's roll light, and then they don't roll light. I drew the line when he tried to footlock me, especially because he had no idea what even a footlock was. And I was like, you're not about to tear my ACL right now. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) one thing that I've learned, I think, from various aspects of my life, and maybe it's just part of my personality, but it's also a learned skill, is the learning how to talk to people in a way of standing up for yourself, but also in a respectful way. You don't have to yell at someone. You don't have to say like, hey, you stop it. I had a rational conversation with this guy in my head. Yeah, I was a little frustrated and a little bit irritated because I didn't want him to hurt me. But I know 
from his perspective, he didn't even know, realize what he was doing. And some people, some people do realize what they're doing and maybe they know that they're going a little bit too rough. So at some point, I think you do have to draw the line and you just have to walk away. And if you don't have, if you don't have the ability or just you're struggling to say something directly to them, make up an excuse, say, Hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to get a drink of water. I need a break, mm. walk away. I have had, when I was younger, when I was like 13, we, I was like, you know, hundred pounds and this big, tall, like six, four guy came into our gym who was, um, who was a blue belt. And I remember my coach was sitting off on the sidelines and this guy was just like jamming his hand into my throat practically. Like he was grabbing my gi, mm-hmm. but this guy was like twice my size. And he was frustrated just because I knew what I was doing. That's something that I think a lot of women experience, especially more experienced martial artists, women is a lot of men, especially will get threatened just because we know what we're doing. And they're like, oh, you're going to beat me. No, I'm going to use my strength and I'm going to hurt you. So sometimes you have to draw the line and you have to walk away. You can make up an excuse. And if you, I would, it'd be better to directly address it, but sometimes maybe walk away and then address it afterwards and be like, Hey, I was uncomfortable with that situation. That was not respectful of you, something like that. And if you can't address it, talk to your coach, talk to somebody that you trust and somebody can be there to support you. It doesn't always have to be something that you're addressing alone. And it doesn't always have to be something that you're aggressive about because most people are going to be receptive and rational. And if you're in a situation where you don't have anywhere else to train or anywhere else to go, and there is someone who's not receptive of that, just avoid them. If they ask you to roll, if they ask you to spar with them, just say no. It's as simple as that. And that's hard to do, but it's really important that you put your own safety first. Yeah, I I like the idea of being like, I'm just going to go to the toilet or I'm just going to go get a drink or something like that because I think I think what you said is true. Like it, it is a learned skill to be able to stand up for yourself. For some people, it comes more naturally to them than others. Just like, you know, for some people, punching and kicking comes more naturally to them than others. But it's still a skill that I think you can develop and work on. And like you say, like it, it is at the moment still a very critical skill to practice in martial arts if you are a woman because there's always going to be a guy who's bigger than and stronger than you and and it is quite a, a an instinctual thing unfortunately i it feels to me anyway that um when someone's ego gets bruised, like if you head kick a guy or, you know, you just lightly tap them or, you know, or you tap them or something that they're going to be like, oh, I have to get it back because like, how could a girl beat me type of thing? It's not just like, oh, now I'm down one. It's like, oh, I'm down one and against a girl. Like I'm so emasculated by that. And like, you know, I want to get it back. And unfortunately, sometimes you are going to bear the brunt of that, but you don't want your style to, to change, to reflect being like, I can't, I can't do anything good against them because I know that they're going to come back on me. Like that's not going to help your development and it doesn't help their development either. So I I really like that of being like, okay, maybe today I can practice just saying like, I'm going to go to the toilet. And then the next time I go to the toilet and then when I come back, we have the conversation. And then the next time maybe I like can have the conversation in the role or, you know, maybe it's not as linear as that as well. Right. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. That reminds me. Um, one of my training partners at, um, at jiu-jitsu, she brought up to me something that I didn't totally like realize at first, but she was like, do you ever get irritated when someone says you're good? And I was like, what do you mean? That's a compliment. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I realized what she meant because, and it's happened to me multiple times before. Like, I remember I'm at one of my old gyms. I was rolling with this guy who was like bigger and older than me and like a higher rank. And I was rolling with him totally normal. And then 
because I was winning just out of nowhere, he's like, oh, wow, you're good. But like, he was surprised. And I don't know if everyone can relate to that, but it's when they say it in a way where they expected you to not be good. And then it pretty much seems like it's because you're a girl or it's because you're smaller, where you can tell when there's a difference between it's a genuine compliment. And when it's one of those compliments where they're just like, oh, you know what you're doing? Oh, you've, you've trained your whole life. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Like it's (laughs) something that someone who's trained for only a month has experienced and I've been training my entire life and I can't tell you how many times I've had to be like oh yeah I am good and what about it like you didn't say that to the guy over there who also just kicked your ass (laughs) like what are you talking about it's yeah it's really interesting (laughs) yeah I think it's quite reflective of the societal um like in brackets for a girl that tends to follow a lot of things you know like oh you're really strong for a girl oh you're really good for a girl oh like you're really successful for a girl and that that that's kind of the place that we're at right now with the feminist movement right with trying to get equality trying to get to a point where it's not just like oh wow it's amazing that a girl would be da 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 it's just like a given um and you know, I think we can't fix all of that too, like on our own. So martial arts is really cool for helping you be like, uh, okay, like I kind of feel sorry for you that like that's that's your perception of yourself is that like, you know, you're so shocked at me being good that you feel so uncomfortable with not being as good as me that you need to say it with like a snarky undertone to me that's I try and look at that as ego reflecting back at them like they're saying it like that because that makes them you know when they notice that you're good that makes them feel bad about themselves um and and I think you know it's really hard to let go of ego and I just say like I feel sorry for you you know (laughs) like yeah what else can you do yeah, that reminds me of, I'm taking a class right now in uh, women, gender, and sexuality studies. And there's one uh, author and um, who we've been like referring back to a lot. Her name's uh, Judith Butler. And one phrase that she has that I didn't fully understand at first, but I've been learning more about is she says, um, one, one is not born, but rather becomes a woman. And what that means is that in society, the gender construct of a woman is determined by what often men decide makes somebody a woman. You don't get, you're not born and you become a woman. You're born and then you live in the society and then the actions that you make and whatever the social structures decide are womanly things are what makes a woman. So regardless of whether what your gender identity is or what your sex is, it's, for example, if a woman does something that's a manly thing, that's not something a woman does. It's like, well, I'm still a woman no matter what action I'm taking. And it's so interesting how that's so prevalent in martial arts because most martial arts were so male dominated priorly. And then they act as if these male constructed martial artists cannot apply to a woman simply because that's not how it always was. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I, I do think it goes both ways. So like, for example, we've had on the show, Dr. Alex Channon, who is a researcher in essentially the construct of gender within martial arts and how it can be a vehicle to deconstruct some of those preconceived or societal ideals around what gender is, because men and women train together, right? It's very different to like football or like any other sport, like you would never have the men's team and the women's team training together. But we roll with men every day and so they have these experiences of being like oh you're good of being like oh you're strong like it does help break that down the tricky thing is is that we're on the if we're thinking about like two ends of the spectrum coming towards each other we're on the bottom coming up and you know they're at the top coming down so it can feel uncomfortable for us but for sure we're participating in a revolution of a change in perception that is it is improving every day even though sometimes you have times on the mats where it's like man it really sucks to be a woman out here you know yeah I is it is a very interesting like just the way like you said the way people say things is so important where people don't always realize it but like the different conversations that I've had with my teammates, you can tell, like I said, when it's a genuine compliment and when it's not, and it's not, sometimes maybe it is meant as a starkey comment. And like you said, sometimes it's deconstructing that gender binary that they have been living with. Because one thing that I've like been focusing a lot in like some of my studies in my class um, is that although yes, there are socially constructed ideas that are not ideal and definitely probably shouldn't be in place they're still there and there's still the way that we view the world whether or not we want to or not because it's the world we're living in and we have to acknowledge what that world is and then find a way to better function in it because you can't change what reality is without first understanding like where you're at yeah absolutely I really like that um would you have any Actually, let's stick towards back to you and let's talk about what's your future. Like what's next for you in martial arts? Are you thinking about competing or is it something that like you, that's less what your goals are? What's next? Um, yeah, I haven't been competing a lot recently. I'm hoping to possibly get into some competition next year. Um, I have been super focused on school right now. Being at Harvard takes up a lot of my studying time and everything. But because I'm in the Harvard Jiu-Jitsu Club, that's only what I've been focusing on right now. There is no Kempo or Judo or Muay Thai really for me to do out here. Um, so Jiu-Jitsu is the only thing I'm able to train in right now. But that's okay because I love Jiu-Jitsu. So I, I try to keep up with my other martial arts when I can, like practice on my own time so I don't totally lose them. But um, in sense of competition, uh, I might be competing like sometime next year, hopefully. I'm trying to get my team together. And uh, if I have a team, I'll definitely be out there competing alongside them. Because in my, even though I'm only a blue belt, like majority of our students are very, very beginners. So before we are, before our black belt, because it took like over a month for Harvard to give our black belt and ID to be able to get into the gym because they have strict restrictions with COVID. Mm -hmm. So I was like having to teach a lot of classes alongside a few blue and purple belts and um, is <laughs> I like teaching. I love teaching. And even though I am a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, I've done jiu-jitsu for 10 years and I've been teaching martial arts since I was 12 years old. So right now, teaching is definitely my future. But even when I'm not like leading the class, I'm always helping and assisting and um, definitely have a lot of like a lot of my students have told me they're like, oh, my God, Kylie, I thought you were like a grad student or like a senior. 
I'm like, no, I'm a freshman. I'm, I'm just, I just know jujitsu. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a, it, I'm a very different personality when I'm at martial arts versus when I'm just sitting in my freshman classes, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That amount of experience, experience and time and like growing up with the, the martial arts mentality, like it really is like a sense of humility, like a sense of maturity that comes from something like that, because it is so high risk in some ways, right? You have to understand that what you're doing really impacts the person that you're training with, you know, you can hurt them in all styles, you know? Um, so that really, I think, changes people and, and does make them hold themselves differently. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Would you have any final advice to women that are listening to this podcast? Um, I would say stick with it, no matter what you're doing, not just in martial arts, but stay strong. It's really, really important for anyone, especially to stick to your morals and stick to what's important to you. Sometimes it's really difficult to make the decisions that are going to be better for you in your life. But in the end, always think about what's going to be the better income, better outcome for yourself and the people around you. But number one, put yourself first. And that doesn't mean to be selfish. It just means to be smart and keep yourself safe. One thing, like when we were talking about the self-defense and um, like mental awareness and all that, one phrase I tend to say in the self-defense classes that I teach um, is that their feelings are not worth your life. So if you feel like you're in a risky situation, whether it's a life-threatening situation or whether it's a rough training partner or somebody at work who's making you uncomfortable, find a way to get yourself out of that situation in whatever way that it takes. You don't, like I said, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be yelling at someone. There's always a way you can always figure it out. So just stay aware. Nice. I love it. Thank you so much. Kylie, where can everyone find you? What's the Instagram handle? Is there anywhere else people can connect with you? Yeah, so my martial arts Instagram page, Instagram is called Brave Woman. Um, it's at Brave Woman under, with two underscores afterwards. Um, I also have a Facebook Brave Woman page if you want to like my page on there. And if you want to follow me on my personal Instagram account, it's just at Kylie underscore Hunts in Winter. Amazing. I'll put the links to all of those in the show notes. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Have you thought of something to be grateful for today? What was it? I'm grateful for the amazing women that train with me at the Fight Back Project. I'm grateful for Nari and the beautiful song Shape Me heard at the beginning and end of every episode. And I'm grateful for you for listening to this show and helping martial arts keep saving lives. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you'd like to leave me a review to help more people find the show, that's a bonus. shapes me but me don't gotta tell you what my name is i don't gotta explain it walk in the room hear a boom erupting like i'm famous i'm here shedding shells i'm shameless half in nothing no complacence walk too many tight ropes with no hope so i became this poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders you don't need to know my history i move boulders atlas shrug because i lifted the weight above his shoulders no pretense of defense move first like chess soldiers this goes deeper than empowerment because huh, i'm the one to power it 
physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring if i can't change the scenery at least i change perspectives no longer isolated but elevated and selective darkest places become beautiful spaces this is where rage meets patience meets power meets gracious meets we're so glad you came in the feeling is contagious when you the walking impact of intended bad intentions when you the manifest enough collecting all they tensions you the soul and body hold it all and still remember but i'm a work in progress testament to all contenders forgot what it was like to have control over self forgot what it was like to be the one in charge forgot in my reflection i could see all my wealth forgot that with my bare hands i break all these bars barriers and obstacles they can't cage me they can't chronicle all my experiences and reduce them to appearances when i was truly beaten gave myself clearances to fall down mess up and get myself back up i'm not looking for clovers because i don't believe in luck damn you were badass i heard them say it clearly why thank you very much i know now i'm not weary of what's next for me because i expect to see growth like i was planted watered fed and bloomed to be the positivity and accountability Knowing they won't step if I'm the agent of my agency I think I found my voice again, huh? I think I found my voice again, huh? I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin Boundaries, I know them well, take a breath and meditate Who is she? I know her well, now I get to open gates One, two, one, two, I don't need your permission And if you get uncomfortable, then use your intuition To know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing And everything I do, that's me making decisions It's truly underrated, the value of self-worth Forgot that I was rich from the moment of my birth A penny for my thoughts, no really, you can't afford it You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it, huh?